Welcome to episode 252 of the Truth Quest podcast. The truth about June 2023. Down goes Biden. During the month of June, we were subjected to a month-long celebration of the first of the seven deadly sins, that being pride. It was Pride Month. The seven deadly sins, as you may recall, are pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, and sloth. I'm wondering when we will be celebrating Greed Month. Every large corporation inundated their employees' inboxes with Pride Month-related messages. Every woke company on the planet threw some kind of rainbow in their ad spots, and the normals were all expected to celebrate this anti-God, anti-nature, anti-social norms deviancy. When I say the normals, I'm referring to the majority of people in society who do not feel the need to force their peculiarities, idiosyncrasies, and deviancies on the rest of the population. They just want to be left the hell alone. Meanwhile, at an annual so-called Pride Parade in New York City, some tolerant marchers chanted, We're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. Listen for yourself. In Seattle, naked men rode bikes in their Pride Parade. It's all very civilized, you see. Gay, queer, and trans people, they just want respect. Ratings at Fox News continued to suck ass since they fired Tucker Carlson. Or, I guess they didn't really fire him, they simply let him go and told him not to talk publicly until his contract expires in 2025, just after the election. That was the plan of the Murdoch family, which runs the company now. They don't want Tucker telling the American people the truth about the corruption of the Bidens or expose the duplicity and lying of the doomsday cult formerly known as the Democratic Party, or to demonstrate the weaponization of the justice system against all things Trump, all things MAGA. During the month, Tucker took to Twitter where he published 5-18 to minute monologues every few days. It's called Tucker on Twitter. So far, he published seven episodes for a combined 355 million views. That's an average of just under 50 million views per episode. He was averaging 3.3 million views while at Fox. I want to personally thank the Murdoch clan for helping elevate one of the few remaining truth-tellers and, quite frankly, sane voices out there to a level no one could ever have imagined. Back at Fox, Jesse Waters has taken Tucker's spot on the 8 o'clock slot In my mind, he's the only personality at Fox who could pull it off. Let's see how ballsy he is going forward. Or better yet, let's see how long he lasts once he realizes how much more exposure he can get out on his own, like Tucker and Megyn Kelly, who has one of the most popular podcasts on the planet. Some of you may think the subtitle of this episode is referring to President Biden falling down again, this time at the Air Force graduation ceremony, but that's not the case. I'm referring to all the news about Joe and Hunter's corruption coming to light in the alphabet soup conspiracy media. Now keep in mind, those of us who do not live in a bias-affirming bubble, those of us who actually ingest real news, have known all of their gross and treasonous behavior for years. Proof of that, episode 91, The Truth About Joe Biden. Episode 118, The Truth About the Biden Crime Family. Both published in 2020 by me, a nobody part-time podcaster. How is it that I could do that and NBC, NPR, CBS, ABC, MSNBC, and CNN could not? You may be asking, why would the Alphabet Soup Conspiracy Media be reporting all this shit now? Well, because all the co-conspirators got what they wanted. 
The media and the establishment of both parties got Trump out of office, and the intelligence community and the CCP got what they wanted, their little puppet, Biden, in the White House. He has served his purpose. Now he must go. Mark my words, Joe Biden will not be the Democratic nominee. So first we get Hunter Biden pleading guilty to multiple counts of tax fraud and illegal gun possession, directly contradicting resident Biden's repeated assurances that his son was innocent. In May, he said this. Sir, there is something personal that's affecting you. Your son, while there's no ties to you, could be charged by your Department of Justice. How will that impact your presidency? First of all, my son's done nothing wrong. I trust him. I have faith in him. And it impacts my presidency by making me feel proud of him. Regarding the gun charge, I posted this on Facebook. Where are all the race hustlers? Al Sharpton, Black Lives Matter. Is Jesse Jackson still alive? Don Lemon, Mark Lamont Hill, Eugene Robinson, Barack Obama, Nicole Hannah-Jones, Ibram Kendi. Where are they? How many minorities are in prison today having been convicted of the same gun charge for which crackhead Hunter Biden received a pre-trial diversion agreement? Seems to me this would be the time for these race hustlers to play the white privilege card and condemn the dual justice system. These race hustlers care as much about discrimination as the faux climate change activists care about the climate. They're all frauds. The president famously has called Hunter Biden the smartest guy I know. And to be honest, I have a hard time arguing with Joe on that. I mean, how many sex and crack addicts do you know that could run a decades-long, multi-million dollar international influence peddling crime syndicate and walk away with a slap on the wrist? Recently on The View, Anna the Hack Navarro defended resident Biden's defense of his son's crimes and by extension his own crimes. She told the audience that Joe is a father first. Take it or leave it. It's a story of a father's love. Joe supported his son throughout his drug addiction. It's all very commendable and worthy of admiration. Let's examine Joe's fatherly love for his son and by extension Anna's ignorance or hackery depending on whether you want to give her the benefit of the doubt, which I do not. His son suffered from both drug and sex addictions while clearly demonstrating sociopathic tendencies. And what did this loving, caring father do? Get him help? Send him to rehab? Simplify his life? Nope. He employed him as the Democratic Party's international bagman, exposing him to millions of dollars to finance his drug and sex habits while feeding his mental illness by deferring any consequences for his action. It's like a Hallmark movie. Before we leave the topic of claiming Joe Biden is some paragon of virtue, consider this. Hunter Biden was hauled into court in Arkansas during the month as his ex-stripper baby mama was looking for continued child support payments. I wrote this on Facebook. Attention Trump-hating shit-talkers. What would you have to say if Donald Trump and Melania, along with Don Jr., were fighting in court to reduce child support payments for one of their grandchildren conceived by Don Jr. and a stripper? The only reason I'm asking that such a strange question is because it's exactly what the feral dog first family is currently doing. In case you're wondering, Anna Navarro had nothing to say about this particular Biden incident. I wonder why. Continuing the theme of down goes Biden, the House Ways and Means Committee started dropping Biden bombs this month, 
They released testimony from IRS whistleblowers who said the Justice Department, FBI, and IRS interfered with the investigation of the tax evasion case against Hunter Biden. One whistleblower, Gary Shapley, testified that he was stopped from pursuing leads into the big guy, Joe, in Hunter's investigation. He further claimed the obvious, that Hunter received special treatment. As part of these whistleblowers' testimony, two shakedown text messages from Hunter Biden to Chinese Communist Party business leaders were presented. Both were demanding multi-million dollar payments from the CCP in return for partnership with the Bidens. In one text message from 2017, Hunter wrote to a Chinese official, I am sitting here with my father and he would like to understand why the commitment made has not been fulfilled. Tell the director that I would like to resolve this now before it gets out of hand and now means tonight. And Z, if I get a call or text from anyone involved in this thing other than Zhang or the chairman, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge that you will regret not following my direction. I'm sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Keep in mind, Biden has repeatedly denied knowing anything about Hunter's business activities and meeting any of his business partners. Both are bald-faced lies, but given that we live in the empire of lies, and Joe currently holds the title of president of said empire, no one cares. Check out episode 195, The Truth About the Empire of Lies, for a deep dive into that topic. In the other text message, Hunter writes, quote, I am tired of this, Kevin. I can make $5 million salary at any law firm in America. If you think this is about money, it's not. The Bidens are the best, I know it, doing exactly what the chairman wants from this partnership. Please let's not quibble over peanuts, end quote. The chairman, of course, is referring to the Chinese dictator. Hunter is a chip off the old block. Such arrogance, such an ego, just like his father. Here's a clip of Joe on the campaign trail in 1988 while he was running for the Democratic nomination for president before he dropped out of the race because he plagiarized a speech. I think I probably have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. In the first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school and, in fact, ended up in the top half of my class. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only need 123 credits, and I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. Who talks like that? What an arrogant, condescending, royal asshole. That's Joe Biden in a nutshell. He hasn't changed one bit. Back to the IRS whistleblowers. One of them is contradicting either Attorney General Merrick Garland or Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss, as he testified that Weiss told him that he was not making the decisions in their Hunter Biden case. Garland, of course, has stated otherwise. Garland needs to go to prison along with his boss and his boss's son and several other members of the Biden crime family. Early in the month, Senator Chuck Grassley gave a speech in the Senate where he laid out further evidence against the Biden crime family, primarily speaking about an unclassified document from a paid FBI source called an FD-1023. The document in question 
contains allegations of a $5 million bribe paid by a foreign national to Joe Biden. When Congress subpoenaed the document back in May, the FBI lied and said it didn't exist. Then they said it didn't exist, but they weren't going to turn it over. Then Congress threatened the FBI director with a contempt of Congress charge. Then the FBI offered to show the document in a skiff, which is like a classified facility at FBI headquarters. Then Congress said, go screw yourself. It's not a classified document. Why are you requiring us to come to you to view it in a skiff? Then the FBI turned it over, but it was heavily redacted. Unbeknownst to the FBI, a whistleblower had previously provided Grassley with a copy of this 1023. When he heard how much of the document was redacted, he apparently got pissed off and gave this speech. He goes on to explain that the redacted part of the document was the most important part. The foreign national, who allegedly bribed then-Vice President Joe Biden, kept 17 secret recordings of phone calls between him and both Hunter and Joe Biden as an insurance policy. I guess the FBI didn't want that information out. And finally, Peter Schweitzer revealed that for years, Hunter Biden has been paying for a secret global phone for his father to the tune of $300 a month. Journalist John Solomon called the phone a few months ago when he got a hold of a leaked document with the phone number listed on it. And guess who answered the phone? Well, I'll let Solomon tell you. There had been some documents that law enforcement had gotten through other means. And one of those documents got leaked to me and it had a cell phone number that Hunter Biden was paid for. So I figured, oh, this is my chance. Maybe I can, I've been trying to get fair comment from Hunter Biden. So I'm gonna call the cell phone. So I called the cell phone and guess who picked up the phone? Oh boy. Joe Biden. Joe? Oh, Joe Biden. What? Boy, was he shocked when he got, uh, when he picked up the phone and found out it was me. He hung up pretty quickly. You can't make this shit up, folks. Joe Biden and his family will go down in history as the most corrupt political family in American history and the alphabet soup conspiracy media will forever have zero credibility as they refuse to report on it and cover much of it up. Hell, there's a list of nine Biden family members who received funds from foreign sources over the years. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Joe Biden, and for that matter, dozens of other political elites in D.C., sold their souls to the devil decades ago. Joe Biden has no conscience. If he did, he would not have abandoned Afghanistan in the middle of the night, leaving tens of thousands of people behind to be subjected to the Taliban. If he did, he would never have put his mentally ill son in a position to continue his sex and drug addiction. If he did, he would not have taken inappropriate showers with his daughter Ashley. If he did, he would not have allegedly raped Tara Reid. If he did, he would not claim to be a practicing Catholic while regularly violating Christian principles and advocating for the murder of innocent babies in the womb. There are a lot of disgusting people in D.C., but Joe Biden sits at the top. The Wall Street Journal reported during the month that China is paying Cuba billions of dollars in return for permitting China to construct a major facility in Cuba to spy on the United States. Unfortunately, the United States has no ground to stand on in objecting to this situation, given its decades-long NATO expansion on Russia's border, despite repeated assurances against it. Let's be honest, Joe Biden's primary job as resident is to do whatever benefits the CCP. Letting them set up shop 90 miles off the coast of Florida is just the latest payback for the millions of dollars the Chinese have invested in him and Hunter. Speaking of disgusting people in D.C., the House voted to censure Adam Schiff for repeatedly lying and making claims that former President Trump's 2016 campaign colluded with Russia. 
The dude literally lived on a CNN during Trump's presidency, repeatedly lying to viewers. Such a disgusting and vile person is Adam Schiff. The vote makes Schiff just the third member of Congress to be censured since the turn of the century. The measure also requires the House Committee on Ethics to investigate Schiff's, quote, falsehoods, misrepresentations, and abuses of sensitive information, end quote. A previous effort to censor Schiff failed because it included a multi-million dollar fine to cover the cost of the investigation that he continued to push despite knowing there was no evidence. I wrote this on Facebook. The doomsday cult formerly known as the Democratic Party strikes again. They cheered on the House floor for disgraced, censured, liar extraordinaire Adam Schiff after the censure vote. Continuing the theme of the disgusting swamp known as Washington, D.C., demonstrating yet again that we are ruled by a uniparty, Congress passed another debt ceiling bill. No need to stop or slow spending, just, just raise the country's debt limit. In the weeks leading up to the vote, Treasury Secretary Janet Grandma Yellen and Democrats all across the fruited plains claim that we must ensure that the country does not default on its debt. We must raise the debt ceiling. That, of course, is just another lie told by our overlords in D.C., considering that they bring in about $400 billion in revenue monthly, and the interest payments on the national debt is around $53 billion. Seems like default is damn near impossible to me. Just another lie from the empire of lies. I regularly post on my Facebook page articles that debunked conspiracy theories offered by the Alphabet Soup media. June was a target-rich environment. Here's a sample. Conspiracy theory. There is a large contingent of Ukrainians who are Nazis. Headline. Journalists ask Ukrainian soldiers to hide their Nazi patches. Conspiracy theory. The Russians bombed the Nord Stream pipeline. Headline, intelligence suggests pro-Ukrainian group sabotage pipelines. Conspiracy theory, the FBI did not hide or hinder the investigation into Hunter Biden. Headline, FBI harbored Biden allegations since 2017 through impeachment and election. Conspiracy theory, the COVID vaccine is safe and effective. Headline, J&J's COVID vaccine taken by 19 million Americans is pulled by FDA after it was paused out of an abundance of caution over rare blood clot concerns, which led to a plummet in demand. By the way, that was an actual headline at the Daily Mail. Conspiracy theory, the COVID virus came from the wet market in China. Headline, first people sickened by COVID-19 were Chinese scientists at Wuhan Institute of Virology. Conspiracy theory. Vaccinated people don't carry the virus and don't get sick. Money quote from the article. Emails obtained through a Freedom of Information Act request show that CDC Director Rochelle I'll Lie About Anything Walensky and former NIH Director Francis Collins were aware of and discussed, quote, breakthrough cases of COVID in January 2021, right after the vaccines became widely available. Conspiracy theory. Hunter Biden's laptop was Russia disinformation. Headline. FBI verified authenticity of Hunter Biden's abandoned laptop in November of 2019, IRS whistleblower says. Empire of lies, y'all. The Wall Street Journal published an extensive report on Instagram's vast network of accounts openly devoted to the commission and purchase of underage sex content. Keep in mind, the Biden administration ended the DNA requirement for individuals who pick up children detained at the border. 
during the Trump administration, you had to at least prove that you were related to the kid you were taking. Just like Biden's callous approach to the withdrawal from Afghanistan and his devilish endorsement of killing babies in the womb and his cold-hearted unwillingness to even attempt to stop the flow of Chinese fentanyl into the nation, killing hundreds of thousands of young people, Joe is knowingly encouraging a life of bondage and sex slavery for these kids at the border. Fresh off of exposing illegalities, immorality, corruption, and fraud at Pfizer, after being ousted from Project Veritas, James O'Keefe and his new outfit, O'Keefe Media Group, struck again in June. He moved on from exposing the world's largest pharmaceutical company to exposing the world's largest asset manager, BlackRock, as nothing more than a politician and influence-buying company. $10,000 will buy you a senator. It doesn't matter who wins the election because the banks and hedge funds and BlackRock own the politicians, so said a BlackRock recruiter caught on hidden video by O'Keefe's group. We also found out how good the Ukraine-Russia war is for BlackRock's business. Quote, war is good for business. End quote. Here are a few headlines of COVID-related news that the Alphabet Soup Conspiracy Media did not report. Secret Pfizer document shows company observed 1.6 million injuries following COVID vaccine. COVID shots associated with increased risk of blindness. Korean nationwide study identifies high rate of severe myocarditis cases post-COVID vax. Enthusiasm for the vax falls ever lower and millions of unwanted doses expire. Zero young healthy individuals died of COVID-19, Israeli data shows. And Cleveland Clinic peer-reviewed study found that the more vaccines you've had, the higher your COVID-19 infection risk. Former VP Mike Pence announced his run for the White House, joining the seven or eight others who already have announced. Steve Bannon likes to call them the Keebler Elves. The campaign got off to a rocky start when Pence was asked during an interview, who is a Pence supporter and how do they differentiate from the Trump supporter? Pence was unable to answer the question. I'm not exaggerating. He literally said nothing for almost 20 seconds before babbling a non-response. Here's that clip. Who is a Pence supporter? And how does it differentiate right now from a Trump supporter? If you are the Republican nominee, it means you're going to win over Trump supporters at some point. But right now, they're not for you. How do you convince them? Because they, because he's angry at you, they're angry at you. Well, look, I, I, I think that um, the people around the country, as I've traveled the last two years, have... Um, have... have... Um, in the main, but very humbling views about me and my family. I mean, I've been stopped in airports and grocery stores and gas stations by Americans of every political persuasion uh, who thank me for my service to the country. How many more in MAGA hats? When they and particularly them? thank me for the stand that I took on that tragic day. But are people that wear MAGA hats doing that? Look, to you? I, look, I, I, I know the people in our movement and. Uh, uh, I, I can honestly tell you that they're some of the best people in this country. I'm sorry, but if you can't answer that question, you should not be running. Don't get me wrong. Pence is a good guy. I have no reason to think ill of him. But I just found that to be an interesting and astonishing moment. But Light is no longer the king of beers. Or was that the tagline for Budweiser? Well, anyways, Bud Light has been dethroned by Modella as the top-selling beer brand in America. 
Oh, and Anheuser-Busch finally found their balls and fired the marketing executive that thought it was a good idea to make a 26-year-old man who identifies as a 12-year-old girl the face of one of the most iconic brands in American history, leading to its destruction. Strangely enough, Coors Light is looking to replicate Bud Light's self-destruction by sponsoring the Denver Pride Parade. President Trump was indicted on federal charges relating to allegations of obstruction of justice, conspiracy, and illegal retention of classified government material. He pled not guilty. The doomsday cult, formerly known as the Democratic Party, will stop at nothing to destroy all things Trump. If you can't beat him, indict him. Meanwhile, Trump continues to maintain a commanding lead in the Republican primary race, upwards of 60% versus his next best competitor, Ron DeSantis, at just under 20%. The indictment seems to help Trump with the GOP base, but supposedly, according to some polls, it hurts him with independence, which may explain why there are an endless supply of lawsuits against the man. The Uniparty needs to be excised from the body of American politics. They wield more power than our founding fathers ever imagined, and they need to go. So apparently, governments around the world, including the United States, have been observing and studying UFOs for years. We have members of Congress speaking freely about it now. They claim to have recovered, quote, non-human origin technical vehicles and non-human remains at crash sites. And the final story from June 2023 literally happened two days ago. The Supreme Court issued a majority opinion on a case ending race-based admission standards at universities. The case revolved around the University of North Carolina and Harvard's admission standards, whereby they favored minority applicants over Caucasian and Asian applicants. The majority argued that it violates the Equal Protection Clause of the Fourth Amendment. In their dissent, Justice Jackson and Sotomayor, two liberal hacks who literally make shit up as they go, developed their own judicial standards, as all good leftist activist judges do. Justice Roberts characterized their argument this way, quote, while the dissent would certainly not permit university programs that discriminated against Black and Latino applicants, it is perfectly willing to let the program here continue, end quote. Look, folks, if racial discrimination is bad, it's bad. By the way, I'm leaning heavily on the next episode being dedicated to the issue of affirmative action, so stay tuned. And that's the truth about June 2023. Down goes Biden. Please subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and share episodes with your friends.